Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I'm Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries, a.k.a. The Word Church. Uh, welcome again to another uh, broadcast of Faith on Fire. Remember, uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And with that saying, God desires us to have faith in Him, which is equates to faith in His Word. That's why he's given us these 66 books. They're full of God's thoughts, his words, and uh, his vision for, for, for life and life more abundantly. That's what Jesus said he came to give us. But I'm reminded uh, of uh, what's written in James chapter 1, verse 21. It says, therefore, lay aside all wickedness. And remember, this Bible is written for Christians. So it says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word. See, that's God's word, which is able to save your soul. And and even just as I just focused on this word wickedness, I reminded what the scripture says in, in Chronicles. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then they'll heal from heaven and I'll heal the land. So uh, God says uh, we need to turn from our wicked ways. And here in this verse 21 in James, it says, lay aside all overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But then he goes down in verse 22, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror and he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Verse 25, but he who looks in the perfect law of liberty, that's the word of God, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And you know what? I've been saved, Richard, now for 13 years, and I've been pastoring for three years. And, and what I, I've seen, and I, and I told God when he called me to ministry, I was like, God, you sure you want me to do this? Because <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm the, you're, you're the one. Just like Gideon, just like David. I said, I don't know if I'm one. Then I said, God, you know what? And I I'm, I know we're all a work in progress. But I said, God, I don't want to be one of those Christians that just hears the word and, and not apply it and not do it. So I'm always constantly working on me through the Holy Spirit and the word of God, working on me and, and allowing God to perfect those things which concerns me. But there's some little things we can do. Scripture talks about those elementary principles of the word of God that we can do. He says in one verse, by this time you ought to be teachers, yet you need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of the word of God, and you come to need milk and not solid food. So God desires for the, us to grow up into Christ Jesus. He's the head, we're the body. And what I 
see a lot with a lot of Christians. They've been in ministry or or Christian 30, 40 years, and they're just hearing the word only and not doing it. And and now when I say that, I mean all of God's word. And and, and we can start off doing those little things because we're babies in Christ when we get saved. So we can do some baby stuff like forgiving one another, you know, going to service, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. There's little things we can do, but I'm reminded as of a baby, as they get older, we expect more out of a baby. You know, your baby, your child's 12 now. You're still not giving them a bottle. You know, he should oh, be not able, laying in the crib. Right, right, right. Diaper. They should, yeah, you're not still changing his <laughs> diaper. So they ought to be able to do some of the things that you've been teaching them. And that's what God's saying about us. I've given you my word. So just don't hear it, only practice it. He said, because if you do it, you'll be blessed in it. And that's what it means to have faith in God. If God gave you his word, you're not just hearing his word, but you're acting on his word. And the scripture, again, says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith or without acting on the word of God, it's impossible to please him. For those who come to him must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, diligently seek him means I'm doing what he told me to do. Jesus said, how can you say you love me if you don't keep my commandments? And Jesus also said over in Matthew, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. But who, who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, I'll liken him to a, a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the winds and the storms came, we know what happened to that house that was built on the sand. So God desires for us to be built upon the rock. And I believe that rock is Jesus Christ. And that rock and Jesus Christ is called the word. And that's that's revelation. So again, if you want to increase your faith, ignite your faith on fire, you got to do what the word says do, even with some simple things. See, and that, you know, I mean, that's the point of the whole show is to help people ignite their faith on fire, to actually do what you read. You know, we were talking off the air a couple of days ago, and you remind me of something that I'd heard a long time ago, and that was the devil's not so interested in how much of the word you hear, but he's really interested in how much of the word you do. Right, or, or so, don't do. <laughs> and so many Christians... Love to hear the word. Boy, I love to hear the word. I love it. it was a good message today, oh, Pastor. Oh, man. Uh, you know, and, and you really I tore the roof sermons, off the mother. <laughs> I preached sermons to people, and I thought, man, this might bum them out. And they said, man, we love to hear that. And sometimes we love to hear the word. We love to hear the word. We love to read the word. And, and those things are all great. But what about doing the word? Do you love to do the word? Do you, right. you, oh, I'd love to hear that I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, but do you? I'd love to hear that I'm supposed to forgive other people as Christ forgave us, but do you forgive other people? You know, so we hear all of these things that God says to us. Do we act on them? Do we do them? You know, um, James in the same chapter, you know, he talks about count it all joy, consider it all joy when you face tribulations. And most people, Christian or not, but even Christians want to avoid tribulation as much as they can. They want to avoid discomfort. We want to be comfortable. So if it makes me comfortable to go to church and listen to a good message and sing some songs and say, man, that music was inspiring today. That music was really nice today. You know, the sermon and everything went smooth. And then we just go home and we don't act on anything we've heard, read, sang, anything. 
and then go back the next week and do it again, we are going to get into a comfort zone where that becomes our Christianity. Right. And, and you know where, where we just hear. And Christianity, I remind people all this all the time, Christianity is not a spectator sport. You got to be in it to <laughs> win it. Right. See, so we love to watch football on TV and, and critique what everybody's doing and say, man, they were good. They were a bum. They were. Christianity is not a spectator sport. We're not called to sit and watch. We are called to actually participate. We are called by God to do his word, what he says and how we should live. We, he actually calls us to do it. And in that, you will find that you will have to leave your comfort zone sometimes. And you will find that sometimes you will face tribulation. Since we started doing this show, there's been three or four different things. My wife just got out of the hospital. She'd had a blood um, illness. And she just got out of the hospital a couple days ago. And she, the day after she got out of the hospital, she looked at me and said, you know something? All these things have happened since she started doing that show with Vince. She said, you know what? The devil must really hate that show. And I told somebody that last night at church, and she said to me, so you're going to quit doing the show, right? And I said, <laughs> no, we're going to double up on the show. And she said, oh, man, that's not a good idea. And my theory is if the devil doesn't like something I'm doing, I'm going to do more, not less. And you know what? And, and that should be the, that's the mindset of a, a mature believer, we know, we understand the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. He meaning Satan always wants to throw a distraction or an obstruction in your path to keep you from doing the will of God. And with that, the scripture says this, submit to God. And how do we submit to God? Submit to his word. Resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. Well, how do you resist the devil? I resist him the same way Jesus resisted him in the wilderness with the word of God. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. It's the so, word of God. Yeah, and the word is called the sword of the spirit. Right. And we use the shield of the faith, the sword of the spirit. We use the whole armor that God's given the believer to use. That's what we use. And you don't want to back down from the enemy. Remember, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Again, that means to submit to what God says, and he'll exalt you in due season. He'll, you got the victory if you just press forward. You don't press back when somebody's pushing on you, especially the devil, because Jesus said he's given us power and authority to trample over Satan or the devil and all his power. We've given, been given the authority to trample over Satan and all the power of the enemy. So... He's under our feet. And you got to know that and know that, you know, he's like one of those dogs barking, but he has no teeth. Yeah, he, his bark is worse than his bite. He can just bark out some stuff and try to make you look at these negative things, like you said with your wife, make you look at that and, and back off. And then he'll send somebody that don't know how the enemy works to say, hey, are you going to quit now? <laughs> right. And your response has to be like Jesus was with Peter when Jesus was telling Peter, what was going to happen to him. And Peter was like, uh-uh, that ain't going to happen. And Jesus turned and looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. He used the sword of the spirit, which was the word of God. He said, you're not mindful of the things of men. You're, mind you're not mindful of the things of God, but you're only mindful of the things of men. And just like that person, they're not mindful of what God wants to do. God wants to ignite people's faith on fire. 
He wants people to hear a, an encouraging word. He wants to challenge us to believe his word and act on it. And again, I'm reminded of what it says in Hebrews about the children of Israel in the wilderness. It says in Hebrews, New Testament, it says the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. And we know what they murmured and, and complained all in the wilderness. A 40-day trip took them 40 years. But they murmured. But the scripture says the word that they heard did not profit them not being mixed with faith. They heard it, but they didn't act on it. Right. They didn't because if you if you had it if you mixed it with faith you you'd act on it you'll not just hear it but you'll do it and then I was reminded of what it says in the parable of the sower Mark chapter four it talks about these four different heart conditions one was a a stony ground one was a thorny ground and one was a what was the other ground uh, one of them just didn't have no root and it says they endure only for a time afterwards. When tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. But God says, I want you to be, I want you to be this. These ones are sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30, 60, and 100 fold. That's God's best. He wants you to hear his word, act on it, and get the results. But a lot of Christians, they're just hearing it and not doing it. Like forgiving one another. And the scripture says if you have something against your brother, what are you supposed to do? Go to them. Go to them. No, I'm supposed to go tell 40 of my friends no, no, all no. about it, so they'll be mad at him too. Okay, now if you go to them and it don't work out, what's, what's the next application? No, but you know what is interesting? Because we are to go to that person. Right. But what we typically will do is go tell 20 of our friends, who we know will side with us, about what a bum that person <laughs> is, so that we can be validated in our thinking they're a bum. Yeah. We are not to go tell 20 of our friends. We're to go to them. And then if that don't work out, he says, then you take it to the church, which is the Well, take two or three others and go take, with them. Right, right. And go then with if them. that doesn't work, then that go doesn't to the work, church. Right. So, again, that's the process for Christians solving their issues with but it one makes another. more sense and it's more fun to go tell people i know will agree with me about what a bum the person is well, so then they can think they're a bum too well scripture says that's demonic thinking that's came from the kingdom of darkness right the kingdom of light says do it this way so now are you going to be a hearer or a, or, do. or a doer are you going to do it so every day well, see every day we can do it god's way or our way there you go every day and life is going to give you the opportunities to do it the old way or the new way and Jesus says you can't put old wine into new wineskins. And remember, if we be Christ, we are new creations. Old things have passed. We don't do that no more. All things have become new. So we got to do it the new way. So that's where the rubber meets the road at. Are you going to do it God's way or are you going to do it the kingdom of darkness way? Are you going to be a hearer of the word only and not a doer? And again, I see that in a lot of Christians and God saying, I'm not happy with that. You're not going to be blessed in what you do. Actually, you're going to be cursed because you're doing it the kingdom of darkness way. He says, do it my way and watch what I'll do. And that's what I'm saying. I'm after, and I want God's people to be after the fullness. That life that Jesus said he came to bring in John 10, 10. Life and life more abundantly. Not just regular old right. life, but life more abundantly. Not and I believe we can achieve that. Life. Not just yeah. hanging on, trying to get by life, mm -hmm. but life more abundantly. And it says that in Corinthians, yes, hard times. It says we're, we're hard-pressed on every side. I love that. Yeah, scripture. but not crushed. <laughs> but not crushed. So you're going to have to come up against some opposition. In it, but here we are, people. We like to take the path of least resistance. We want to be comfortable. We want, we want to stay comfortable. We want to stay. We'll sit in comfortable 
reality as long as you let us, but not with God. We, we're talking about taking our padded pews out and putting chairs in. Oh, man, that's freaked a few of them out. <laughs> <laughs> but not with God. God's always going to take you from a place of being comfortable to uncomfortable. That's how he rose. Ask, ask Moses. Moses was comfortable just living on the backside of what was that Asia Minor, wherever he was living in exile? Well, it was nice there in Midian. He had a nice flock, had, you know, yeah, things were good. family, things were cool. <laughs> and God said, no, Moses, I uh, got an assignment for you. And Moses came up with every excuse known to man. Wait, he couldn't speak. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't do none of that. And God <laughs> said, no, I got this, I got an assigned job for you. And that's the way, and, but it, he was not comfortable with that. So God's going to do that for us. He's going to always put us in positions where it seems we can't do that or we're not comfortable with that. But I, like I told him last night in Bible study, you know what? It's all about choice. Do you choose to be a doer of the word and not just to hear? Do you, Jesus, not Jesus, the Bible says, I set before you this day, death and life, blessings and cursings. And then he gave us the answer. He says, choose life that you and your kids may live. So we can choose, and choosing life is choosing to do it the way God says do it. That's life. See, and that happens every day from day to day. Sometimes day. we think that happens on only on Sunday morning or some special time. That's every day. Every day you get a choice. So somebody says something mean or rude to you, and I can almost guarantee you at some point in your life, somebody, might even be a loved one, will say something mean or rude oh, yeah. to you. Now, you have a choice. Can you re Do you respond in kind? Or do you react? Or... <laughs> Or do you speak a word of love? See, here, this happens all the time in marriages. Husband and wife, they're sitting there. Pretty Somebody says something. Now, they can't let that go. So they got to say something back. And then they got to say something back. And pretty soon, you got a 12-rounder going. And everybody's, fight. <laughs> everybody's riled up. And then when it's over, nobody can really remember how it ever got started. What was the first thing that was said? And it's that's how so much... This is you hear these road rage cases where somebody shoots somebody or hits somebody or does something. It starts out usually by somebody cuts somebody off in traffic. Well, they couldn't stand that, so now they've got to react, they've got to retaliate, they've got to um wave at them in a manner that's not very nice or yell or honk or try to cut them off. And then somebody else has to do something back, and pretty soon it escalates completely out of all reason. And this is what happens in life is you, every day you have choices to make. Am I going to respond the way God would want me to respond? Or am I going to do what my sinful nature says? My sinful nature says, bow up. Go my sinful em. nature <laughs> says, you got to get even. My sinful mm -hmm. nature says, you can't let them say that to you. But see, but Jesus says this, and he told us over in Matthew 5, bless those that persecute you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. He said, do not trade evil for evil. So right, but again, how does that work out in real life? Well, well, I can either do that, be a doer, a hearer and a doer, or I can just hear it and don't do it. And a lot of us, the reason we're not getting living that abundant life that Jesus promised us in John 10.10 10 is because we're just hearers only of the word. And the scripture says if you're a hearer only, guess what? You're deceiving your own self. Right. You're like the man that forgot himself after he looked in the so mirror. <laughs> that's messed up if somebody else deceive you. But if you deceive you... You know, that's that's not a good thing. So God says, I don't want you to be a deceiver of yourself. So he says, just just hear it and do it. And then you'll be blessed 
if you do it. But see, it's more fun to hear "pray for those that despitefully use well, you" than it is to you know pray what? for those for who carnal, despitefully use you. For carnal use. Christians, it is, and the Bible talks about two different type of Christians. Paul refers to them over in First Corinthians. The frozen he chosen. says, "Yeah, the fr we call them the frozen <laughs> chosen." He's called them carnal Christians, and then he says, "There's the spiritual Christian." See, the carnal Christian is only a hearer only of the word. The spiritual Christian is a doer. The spiritual Christian also knows that he's not perfect in itself, and if he makes a mistake, he knows how to go and ask God for forgiveness and get cleansed from all unrighteousness. And he stays in his righteousness, which keeps his faith intact. And he understands that the word of God doesn't condemn, but it convicts. And, God, and the Holy Spirit in you, he'll convict you and let you know you're wrong. That was wrong. But now you can keep ignoring the Holy Spirit when that still small voice, when he's telling you you're wrong. And now you're leaning to your own understanding. You're doing it your way. And the Bible says there's a way unto man that seems right, but in the oh, end yeah. of that is death. It seems like a good. So, so, it seems like a good idea to retaliate. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> but God said in the kingdom we don't do like we don't act like that. We're a family of God. We're the body of Christ, and God has a way that we're supposed to relate to one another. And in the kingdom, it's all about relationship. That's why we call him Abba Father. That's why I call you Brother Richard. Sister Kendra, you know, we're family. That's why we refer to each other with those titles because we're in the household right, of faith. We're the, we're and the, the Bible says, yeah, the family of God. The Bible says in Galatians, do good to all men, especially those who are in the household of faith. Especially. So we are supposed to be on another level with concerning our relationships. But again, we can hear that and not do it. And again, I see, again, I've been born again for 13 years, so I didn't. I got saved when I was like 37, 38 years old. And I was reading this book, and I knew a lot of Christians. But I was reading, and I started reading this book. I'm like, well, they don't act nothing like this. So, and I said, okay, God, I don't want to be like that. So, whatever it takes for you to mold me into the person I'm supposed to be, the Bible says, we're the clay, he's the potter. And I have to stay in his hands and let him mold me. And he'll, you know, they say we're on crack pots. But if we stay in the potter's hand, he'll, he'll fix those flaws. So it says in Second uh, Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Now, emphasis on correction for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly complete, lacking nothing. So God wants us to be thoroughly complete. See, I, I see the difference between what you're talking about is the difference between Saul and David. When Saul would sin and it would be brought to his attention, he always had an excuse. And his favorite one was, the men made me do it, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't my fault. I didn't really want to do it, but the men made me do it. But he always had an excuse for the sins that he committed. David was a sinner. Don't anybody ever make the mistake of hearing about King David and thinking, oh, he was perfect. He, was, he never did anything wrong. David was a sinner. But when he would have it pointed out to him and he would realize he was a sinner, immediately we'd ask God's forgiveness. He never made an excuse. It was never anybody else's fault. It was, Lord, please forgive me. And that's where we need to be in our life much more than we are as Christians. It's so easy to have an excuse. Well, my excuse, you know, why did you do that? Well, they said this. Why did you do that? Because they did that. We have got to quit making excuses for our sin making reasons why we did our sin and immediately confess our sin and ask God to forgive us, even as believers, because it is so easy to come up with excuses. Well, the reason why I yelled at them is because they yelled at me. The reason why I reacted in anger and did the things I did is because 
They made me mad. How many times have you ever heard somebody say, you made me mad? I love it when I've heard people say, you know, I really need to apologize, but you made me mad. Or I really need to apologize, but you. So really, even in the apology, the other person's at fault. Right, it wasn't right. really me. I'm apologize, but, but... But you, <laughs> instead of just, I apologize, we always have to throw in the but you. I, I'm sorry that I yelled at you, but you really made me mad. Well, you know what? Nobody can make you mad. You choose to be mad. And so we have got to get away from the idea that it's somebody else's fault what we have done and realize that it's us. And if we need to ask forgiveness, that the time to ask that forgiveness is immediately. Well, and, and the scripture says this, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And there's a lot of revelation in that. That means people aren't our problems. Are our problem. Yes, the, the devil works through people. He works through Christians too. And you're deceived if you think he don't because he wants to influence your decisions. Right. He wants to tell you. And here's the thing about the voices. The devil sounds like you and God sounds like you. So when you when those thoughts come to your mind, you're going to get a thought from two sources, either the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of God. You get a choice which one you're going to choose. Well, sometimes our own sinful nature wants to jump in there too. Well, that sinful nature <laughs> came from the kingdom of darkness. That's where they came from. But you're a new creation in Christ. So, and I always say Jesus is the sample son. He's our role model. And remember, WWJD, what would Jesus do? You know, that kind of went passe, didn't it? Well, no, well, no, I still, but I I mean, still believe know, that. We heard that, what, 10, 15, Well, you know, it's still it good for new Christians. What would Jesus do? And if you studied the life of Jesus, if, you, if any Christian is worth their weight and they study the Bible, you'll find out what Jesus commanded us to do in situations. He says, bless those that curse you. Pray for those who don't trade evil for evil. So we got to not just hear that, but we got to do it. And again, I want to challenge Christians to ignite their faith on fire by not just hearing the word only, but doing it. See, that's what faith on fire means, that I'm going to actually act on my faith. I'm going to act on all the word of God, all the word of God. Well, we're about to wrap up this segment of faith on fire, but before we go, we always want to make available for you... uh, this new book by our friend Drake Travis, who was on the broadcast last week. He has a bestseller called Healing Power, Voice Activated. Discover today how your words bless, heal, and restore. And we want to make this bestseller available to you absolutely free for a love donation to any amount to help keep this ministry on the air, the Ministry of Faith on Fire. So send your uh, love offerings to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 959 Two seven, and we will rush to you, Drake Travis's best-selling book, Healing Power, Voice Activated. And just remember, uh, keep walking by faith. Keep walking by faith. <laughs> okay. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.